Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, so they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to The Cool. To all my cool cats and cool kittens, welcome back to Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed. Indeed, you better call somebody, tell a friend to tell a friend because we are live on the airwaves of CFRE 91.9 FM if you are on the UTM campus. But if you're not, then you can also tune in to us live on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have a live show coming up for you. We have my man Jungle King coming straight out of the GTA. He will be discussing his latest project amongst a bevy of other things. But before we get to that, I want to discuss something uh, with you that has been bothering not myself but well of course myself but as well as many other people throughout the last week or so ladies and gentlemen i think it's right about time where we let that ish breathe let this bitch breathe now if you've been living under a rock for the past week or so then you wouldn't have heard of the terrorist attacks that happened in Paris uh, this past week. So a lot of people were hit hard by this because it almost seemed as if it came out of nowhere. So a lot of people pay tribute in their own ways. Uh, many television special or many television shows uh, had a uh, tribute, a short tribute to uh, Paris. And many people on social media have made their comments knowing about um the tragedy that took place and they're sending out the condolences and rightfully so. Uh, even some uh, specialty programs like WWE, for example, their flagship program, Monday Night Raw, held a bit of a memorial service for the within the first five minutes of the broadcast. Uh, but most notably, a lot of people have used Facebook in particular as their way to... Uh, pay their respects for all the lives lost that were, that were in Paris. And a lot of people have been putting um, the flag of France over their display profile picture. Uh, and it's a filter that was provided by Facebook for people to, you know, share their condolences, what have you. Now, there has been an, somewhat of an issue with that as of late. Uh, and a lot of people are taking issue to the fact that this filter wasn't available when the attacks in Beirut or Japan, or Kenya, most notably, you know, took place. Same thing for Nigeria as recent. Uh, a lot of people have been cl- complaining about the fact that no one has made a filter for that or a filter hasn't been available for that. And on top of that, there are people on Facebook who are saying, well, this tragedy happened, yet no one talked about it. But because Paris is going through it, then a lot of people are talking about it. That's not fair. And it kind of brings it to a point where people are almost comparing tragedies as far as which one was much more damaging, which one took more lives, which one, you know, had the heaviest hit, so to speak. And I feel as though that's the wrong way to go about it. Now, let's kind of rewind back for a second. Now, as far as Facebook 
not having enough filters available as far as a filter for Kenya or a filter for Beirut or whatever the case may be. That is something that Facebook has to address. So I, I, I get that 100%. Now, as far as comparing tragedies, that's where, for me, it gets a little overboard. Now, while I do understand that it's not fair that there isn't enough awareness being made about the tragedies that have happened in Kenya, in Nigeria, in any other place in the world, we shouldn't say that we should not be talking about any tragedy for that matter, because any tragedy that does happen within the world, it should be discussed. It should be voiced. We should let our voices be heard. And while I do agree that there should be equal ground as far as what tragedies do get discussed, basically, the fact of the matter remains is that if you start comparing tragedies, then people, all the people who are lost within those tragedies, their memories die in vain, basically. So we can't say that the Syria tragedies was worse than the Beirut tragedy or that the Kenya tragedy was worse than the Nigeria tragedy because then we're assaulting the memory of the people who lost their lives or the people who lost their lives by saving others. So I think people need to keep that in mind and I feel like people have lost sight of that during this whole entire ordeal. Yes, I do understand that you know Paris is uh, one of the more popular cities within the world which is Possibly why they're getting a lot more attention than, let's say, Nairobi, Kenya, for example. But the fact of the matter remains, popularity or lack of popularity, a tragedy is still a tragedy. It does not discriminate. Tragedies take lives. That's the bottom line. And I feel people need to regain their sight of that and regain focus of that notion nonetheless. But what do you think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Let me know what you think. After the break, we have my man Jungle King coming through. We will be talking about his latest project amongst a bevy of other things. But before we get to that, man, we need to get to some tunes. And what better way to get to some tunes than some Canadian ones at that? This one right here comes from my man Ramon, who was here last week in the studio. And this joint features an other up-and-comer from the GTA who goes by the name of Tory Lanez. This one is called I Know. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You are now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Uh, that was my man, Ramon, featuring Tory Lanez, I Know. Shout out to Ramon, a.k.a. R. Trips. He was in the studio last week. If you did not catch that episode, we now have it uploaded uploaded to soundcloud right now so make sure you listen to that at your own leisure you dick anyways we're still waiting on my man jungle king to come through but in the meantime we do have a few things to discuss nonetheless um possibly quite possibly the biggest news to take place uh this past week within pop culture was the announcement that charlie sheen made that he is hiv positive now that was huge because first of all no one knew about this at all. It just came up out of nowhere. And secondly, the startling thing about this entire revelation is the fact that he kept it under wraps for four years. So he didn't tell anyone. Well, he didn't tell anyone to the general public. He only told certain people who he felt needed to know in his estimation. Um, on top of that, he also paid people to keep it a secret he paid doctors and lawyers to keep it a secret like we're talking in the millions and apparently he told 
two people that he was in sexual activity with that he is positive with HIV um, and that they also got treated as well, you know, as far as making sure that they don't have it or what have you and taking the necessary steps and precautions to prevent it. Now, I can't say that I'm surprised that Sheen is kind of going through his sickness right now. Not that I wish that upon him or anyone else for that matter. I'm just not as shocked because you look at the lifestyle that this man has lived since his career in Hollywood took off. I mean, this guy is notorious for having sexual relationships with multiple hookers and multiple porn stars, even being in relationships with a few of them, to say the least. And all this talk about winning and you know, being somewhat of a, even coming across as somewhat of a sociopath, him being fired from two and a half men. I mean, all of these things almost make sense if you think about it, because during that time span, you know, in 2011, which is when he contracted the HIV, this is when he kind of went on this tirade, basically, about tiger blood, winning, and all these other pop culture phrases that he kind of coined over time. And everyone was wondering, why is this guy acting like this? Why is he going off the rails? Is he just trying to revive his career? Is this a publicity stunt? What's happening? Fast forward to last week, or this week, I think, and boom, we found we find out that this guy is positive with HIV. So it kind of puts things into perspective. A lot of people you know, especially young people have this live fast and die young mentality in the sense where they feel as if either they're going to die tomorrow and therefore they got to do uh, what they feel is necessary and live every day like it's their last. Or they feel that because they're young, they're invincible and nothing can stop them. Charlie Sheen is what, 50 years old, roughly, give or take. And this is what and this is what has happened to him. Now, I'm not here to point fingers and say, oh, you're not living your life right. Da, da, da. I'm not trying to judge anyone on how they live their life, but you got to live it responsibly. You know, I think that goes without saying it should go without saying, but I feel as if that message falls on deaf, deaf ears far too often. And in this case, in the case of Charlie Sheen, it is no ex- exception. Um, now, a lot of people, or a lot of women in particular, I should say, are coming out of the woodwork saying how they were not notified that Charlie Sheen has had the virus and what have you, and a few of them are saying how they want to press charges. Now, we don't know for a fact if uh, Sheen was having sex with other women as he found out that he had the HIV virus. It's only been confirmed that the two women in question that he discussed were notified ahead of time and they consented to the sexual activities nonetheless. But as far as all the women coming out of the woodworks and saying, oh, well, he possibly infected me, he possibly infected me, we don't know. We can only speculate at this current point in time. We don't know that for a fact. It is a possibility that he could have done that, but until it's proven otherwise, which may or may not happen, we don't know. We can't Start pointing the finger. It's almost like the Bill Cosby thing where he could have raped all those women from the 60s up until now. But again, we don't know until more facts and more evidence come out. But then again, how many women are coming out of the woodworks, you know, in the case of Cosby saying that this is what he did to me, despite the fact that they know they can't get any type of settlement out of it because they're without they're outside the statutes of limitation. So, you know. That's a separate story in and of itself, but again, just kind of bringing it back full circle to Charlie Sheen, we don't know until all the facts are presented to us. Um, so what do you guys think about this story right now? And then hit me up at Twitter, 
at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know what you think, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, welcome to Cool Radio. Uh, you're now tuned into CFREradio.com, listening on the World Wide Web. Also, if you happen to miss any other episodes, please hit up our SoundCloud page at cool underscore radio and catch every single episode uh, from February of this year up until now. Uh, speaking of which, you know, a year end type of thing that we're doing that we've been doing for the last, you know, almost three years now, this is the third year in a row. Now that, I, now that I think about it, um, we will be doing a year end special where we will be breaking down the top and everything. So we're talking about top five artists in hip hop, top five singles, top five albums. And then of course we are going to do the coveted wankster of the year. Um, I will have a roundtable panel for that. I'm not going to say exactly who will be on that panel just yet, but stay tuned for more details. And speaking of top 10s, there's one top 10 list in particular that I want to discuss, all right? This one has been conjuring up a lot of debate as of late, and I feel as though that we should be discussing it. Uh, We will be discussing it, but the question is, should I break it to you now? Or should I break it to you later? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to break it to you later. I'm going to break it to you later because I want uh, the opinion of my guest who will be coming on to the air very shortly. He goes by the name of Jungle King. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. But before we get to that, we're going to play a tune from my man, Jungle King. All right. And this joint right here is called They Don't. And this one was produced by another Canadian by the name of Yuri Holer. All right. Caller, pardon me, Kohler. So, we will be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. This is Cool Radio. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You are now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we do have our next guest in the building right now. And may I say, he is dressed Freshly dapped and dapper than ever, okay? Uh, I'm talking about the first guest ever who came to my studio dressed in a three-piece suit. He's making me feel kind of bummy right now, but it's cool, though. I'm a rebound from that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this artist is very eclectic in his own right, man. Uh, he is of Haitian descent, uh, but Canadian native, as uh, most of the case is for most of our guests. Uh, he has a unique brand of hip-hop that he's bringing to the masses, both from a North American and from a Caribbean perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, this man goes by the name of Jungle King. Jungle, welcome to the show. Yes, yes. All right. Thank, how, you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely, man. How you been, man? How you been? Good, good, good. You know, just, uh, you know, working, working hard. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely, man. So, speaking of working hard, let's get right into it, man. Um, Jungle King, man. Like, where does that name derive from? Uh, it's it's really uh, it's really when I was in the Caribbean. Uh, I was mm-hmm. in Dominican Republic for a while, and then, mm-hmm. you know, it's just uh, uh, people started calling me Lion, and then I just... Mm-hmm. I just flipped it around and made it Jungle King. There's no really like deep meaning behind it, you know. It's mm-hmm. just uh, just a name I came up with. I thought it was cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And basically, it kind of manifested into into itself after a while. That's right. That's right. You know, uh, the the king of the jungle. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, uh, we're all kings in this jungle. This life is like a jungle, you mm-hmm. know. But it's like, you know, I just I just put Jungle King because. I thought it was unique a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. I think uh, Grandmaster, no, was it uh, Melly Mel, actually? He said it, he said it first, actually. Uh, life is a jungle sometimes. Sometimes I wonder how I keep from going under, right? So right. Right. <laughs> it's time to bring it back full circle, so I line. like that. Exactly. <laughs> um, so what inspired you to create the music, man? Great music, honestly, is just life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, life inspires me to make music. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I, everything I say is real. I, I'm not going to say something that's not real. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to talk about something if I didn't, if I didn't go through it or mm-hmm. um, if I didn't see people go through it or if I don't, you know, if, if like the, the song Father, if I don't want to like mm-hmm. give a message out and, uh, you know, I'll talk for the people that, are, that might be going through certain things mm-hmm. that I myself probably could have gone, gone through mm-hmm. if I didn't like uh, change my ways and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. so definitely a lot of meaning yes and um as we were t- discussing like during the uh, commercial break after uh actually um you are of haitian descent uh so how much of that translates into your music uh yeah so my 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 mom and my dad are from haiti mm-hmm. so it's uh definitely a, a big part of me um mm-hmm. i would have brought my haitian flag actually <laughs> it's usually always with me yeah, yeah. Uh, so definitely i i speak creole too mm-hmm so I have some songs that uh, it's in the works right now. I'm trying to put out some songs in Creole too mm-hmm. uh, to get that market as well. And mm-hmm. of course, I have to do it for where I come from too. So you know, mm-hmm. absolutely, most yeah. definitely, most definitely. Um, so would you say that artists like the Fugees, like particularly with uh, Wyclef Jean, was he like an influence uh, within your music growing up? Uh, he he was uh, he was big. He's a big influence in a lot of Haitians. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, me, uh, it wasn't really, uh, I, I, it was an influence, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, like, uh, I mean, influences would have to be uh, artists to name a few. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, around like uh, Tupac, Jay-Z, mm-hmm. uh, you know, artists like that. And J. Cole, I listen to some J. Cole too. Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, I like conscious Mm-hmm. I like conscious rappers, but not too, um, not not conscious where the beats are like. I like a little bit of modern music, yeah. With some conscious lyrics, exactly. That's yeah. what I like. That's the mix that I like to bring. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I find I find that to be the best middle ground because you know, as you know, potent as words may be, sometimes they may fall in deaf ears if not given the proper instrumentation. And I feel like uh, guys like Nas and J Cole in particular get a lot of flack for having you know. Not not having good beats or being boring beats or whatever, but because they're such talented lyricists, they almost get a pass sometimes. But I do agree that there should be like a middle ground, which is why I have a guy like Kendrick Lamar who has a conscious message in his in his songs for the most part, but also has the proper production to back it up as well. So basically, that's kind of where you're going for uh, with your music, as far as that's concerned. Exactly, I I think it definitely keeps it interesting, especially when you have a like you said a lyricist like uh, Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know is lyrics are very meaningful mm-hmm. and uh you know when you have that you combine you combine that with a nice sound and mm-hmm. i think that's like a really good thing to do and definitely what i'm working towards doing as well absolutely man and uh what was i gonna say actually i had one question actually um as far as uh yes uh, linking up with uh with uh yuri caller actually how did that come about yeah yuri yuri is a you know uh um, i had him on facebook and uh, i reached out to him uh, he's, a, he's a great artist as well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, definitely um, one of the most talented people that I've ever met, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And even with the production of this uh, this little EP, you know, he, he did a tremendous job from, uh, you know, the, um, you know, producing the album mm-hmm. and uh, with the, the engineering, mm-hmm. you know, and with the feedback. Uh, you know, because himself as an artist, uh, he had a lot of good feedback mm-hmm. to give me, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely a, a great, great guy to work with. Mm-hmm. Definitely, 
Yeah. Nothing but good things to say about him. And it's definitely a huge cosign to uh, be working with a guy like like uh, Yuri or no, AKA Locks, uh, mainly because of his acumen. Like he, he's a singer, songwriter, he's a pr- uh, producer as well. Did, did he engineer a lot of the sessions that you did as well or no? Yeah, yeah, he engineered it. Okay. Uh, he engineered everything, actually. He mixed, he mastered. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was really, really well, well done. Mm-hmm. It was a, it really well put together. I had no complaints whatsoever, <laughs> definitely. You can, man. You, you're in good company, man. There's, there's no way you can have any complaints about that, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, man. So one thing that I found very um, prophetic uh, in regards to uh, your album, your album title, or your sub-album title, I should say, it reads as followed, uh, Wisdom and Words for Words of Wisdom. Um, so what is your interpretation of that phrase? So that's, that's basically... Uh, um, you know what it says wisdom and words for words of wisdom so you know that's 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 what i want to bring when mm-hmm. i when i when i get in, in the booth or when i get behind a microphone mm-hmm. you know i want i want my music to to inspire to to elevate people to, to you know i don't want them to to hear it and mm-hmm. and become self you know self destructive not not that i'm saying that other people are doing that with mm-hmm. their music, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I hear songs and I'm like, you know, um, there's probably something more productive that I could be doing with mm-hmm. my day, unless I'm at a club or I'm trying to jam out, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if you're listening to like something or uh, some an artist that's telling a story, mm-hmm. you know, or that's saying something that's positive and and that's that has a lot of substance to it, you know, it's it's you feel more you you, you feel like you know you're almost reading a book. Yeah, it's like. You're gaining, you're gaining some knowledge, some, some, you know, you're sharing. Mm-hmm. There's like a different type of uh, intellectual uh, connection mm-hmm. with the song, you know. So absolutely. So we're gonna get into more about your album later on during the show. But before we get to all that, uh, we got some games that we like to play around the around the show. Okay, like okay. we always get the guests to play some games. You know, have the audience at home get to have a sense of personality or what type of personality that our guests are presenting. So on that note, we got two games lined up, right? First game one uh first game is called Cool or Uncool. So we're gonna play that job right now. Alright, so this track in the background is from a popular group from the 90s called Diggable Planets, and the name of the song is Cool Like That. So of course, you know we gotta have this instrumental play in the background. But basically it goes as followed. I'm gonna give you scenarios and you're gonna tell me whether they're cool or uncool. And at any point in time, feel free to give, you know, more detailed reason for whatever your answer may be. You got it? All right, cool. So, first one, waking up before 9 a.m., cool or uncool? That's not cool. <laughs> I agree 100%, man. If I'm up if I'm up before the sun is up, there's a problem. <laughs> I better be getting paid a lot of money to do it. <laughs> um, this unseasonal weather that's happening right now, cool or uncool? I hate snow. So, we're going to go with... We're gonna go with uh, cool then. I'm guessing, so, well, <laughs> since we it, haven't it, seen it, snow it, yet. It's, it's, it's cool, but it's it's not cool. I don't I don't like the cold. Man. Fair enough. Fair enough. I hate the cold. I hate the cold as well. But this is the warmest November that I can remember. Though. Oh, you're talking about like right now. Right now. Right yeah, now. Yeah. Right now is cool. Yeah. Right yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can I can deal with this until like the official day of winter. All right. Um. NBA All Star Weekend in February in Toronto. Cool. Man, cool. that's definitely cool. Uh huh. What are you most looking forward to in, in that entire weekend? Um, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of a 
lot of young ladies. There you go. There you go. <laughs> this restaurant I dance around it. Well, no, uh, you know, because of you know, my suit, I gotta be politically correct here, though. The the young females, like just yeah. to say women, man, just say women. Yo, a, lot of, a lot of women, a lot of women are gonna be in Toronto, man. There you go. Woo! There you go. Definitely. Next one on the docket. Um, Kanye's clothing line, cool or uncool? Which one? The, the new one that just came out with like the bullet holes in it. <laughs> the bullet holes? Yeah. Man, I, you know what? I never even really uh, paid attention to that stuff. So apparently, like right now, like Kanye has his own like line called Yeezy, basically. And it's it's very like grungy. It's, it's like based on grunge wear. It literally looks like oh, just... Is it the Walking Dead stuff? Yeah, that stuff. Damn. Yo, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's probably... You know what? I'm gonna pause you right there for a second. I'm gonna give you more incentive. Okay. Okay. Th- those clothes are twenty five hundred dollars a piece. Twenty five hundred. Yes. Wow. He, rec- he recently got a, a degree. What, what was it? Ooh, that one I don't know actually. He got a, a degree or a, he got a doctorate. He got a doctorate? Yeah, he, he did some. He, he got some sort of achievement. Was it a PhD in ridiculousness? <laughs> I, you know what? It was at a university. It was. It was actually. Now, as far as like the arts, uh-huh. I'm, not really, I'm not really somebody that I'm not, I'm not in a position to give an opinion. Like, you know, like I can say that it's not cool, that it looks weird, or I can say this, but then it's like it's art, you know, it's uh-huh. not really my field, so I can't. Fair enough. I'll say this though, it's not it's not the clothes that I'm particularly picky about, it's just the price of it. Yeah, yeah, no. The that price, the price of it I'm not down with. Like, so when, you, when, you hear, when you see something like that, you're yeah. like, yeah, that's definitely not for the, the average Joe. Exactly. Right? So he's probably he's probably trying to target some sort of uh, special market, you know, like some you know, like people that actually have money. But like, I feel like you could get the same stuff at like the thrift store or something like that for like <laughs> ten bucks. You probably could, man. Definitely, yeah, definitely. it's just ridiculous, man. You know what? Like, as as somebody who's not really into that side of the arts, yeah, I, I do. It, it looks a little weird. It does. Definitely not something I would do. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, one last one before we go to the next one. Um, Ronda Rousey being knocked out. Cool or uncool? Yo, that's cool because she was talking that shit. Yeah, oh, boy. She was talking that trash, man. Like, she she deserved that. She deserved that? She definitely deserved that because, you know, you have to be humble, man. You know, and, and, and she was she was just out of control. Uh-huh. Like she was straight out of control. Like, you know, and, and, and when you really look at the fight, uh-huh. right? And she would have just kept her calm because she she's got it in her head. She was like a female Mike Tyson, you know. She's never really fought that long. You know, all her fights were really short. Mm-hmm. You know, she knocked out the the opponent, mm-hmm. right? So she she underestimated Holmes, mm-hmm. right? And um during the fight, she was just charging. Mm-hmm. She let her guards down, mm-hmm. you know, and she just, she looked like, she didn't even look like a fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't even look like a fight. It was more like a beatdown, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I definitely think she, she I, I, you know, I hope she's okay because that kick was. Yeah, no, that was a deadly kick. a serious kick. kick and, and, you know, I heard she went to the hospital and all that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like she deserved to get, um, to get humbled, man. Uh-huh. Interesting. So be, be humble or be humbled. You know, and she definitely got what she, what she was asking for. You know, even on her Instagram, if you look at it, she was talking trash. And, and Holmes is 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 
still humble even after she did. Hmm. I wish I could say the same thing about Floyd Mayweather, but that's none of no, my business. That's my dude, man. <laughs> that's my dude. Well, that's we'll, my dude right there. We'll get into that later, but we have a second game for you to play, man. This one is called I'd Quit the Game. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. All right. So the way this one works is you're the eligible bachelor. Eligible bachelor. Okay. Uh, wheeling, dealing, kiss, stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. But there comes a point in every person's life where they've got to quit the game. they got to settle it down, have kids, you know, big suburban home, white picket fence, all that fun stuff. If you had to quit the game for one of these two ladies that I have handpicked, who would you quit the game for? Okay. And we're going uh, uh, to make this a 90s edition, shall we? Okay. Would you quit the game for the 90s version of Nia Long or the 90s version of Aaliyah? Man, is that even a question? Come on, Aaliyah, obviously. Yeah, oh, obviously, mm, I don't yeah. know. Mans would that Mans would call that a debatable question now. Because Nia Long, Aaliyah. Don't rock, get me wrong, Aaliyah was nice. Rock the boat, though. Uh, don't get me wrong, she was nice. Woo. But Nia Long, back in her Fresh Prince of Bel Air days, with the short hair, whoo! She was the only. I, she was one what? of the very few that could pull I that off. Never with the with the short hair, right? Will yeah. Smith's girlfriend. Yeah. I was I was never really into. Never really. Dug Really? With the, with the short hair or just Nia in general? I would say both. Okay. You know, not that I have anything against short hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on, on women. You know, you can have a personal preference. That's fine. Yeah, but yeah. no, nah, but I, I don't have, I seriously don't. Mm -hmm. But I never, I never really, really thought she was all that. Okay, so, fair so enough. I would definitely go with Aaliyah. Okay, then. Yes. All right, then. I haven't heard that before. That's very unique. Ladies and gentlemen, we still got my man Jungle King in the studio right now. And uh, before we go to commercial break, we're going to go to the second song that we have from him on the deck. This one uh, is a French name, actually. A Creole name. Pardon me. It's a Creole name. Uh, can you repeat the name for me? Because I don't want to butcher it. Uh, okay. And what is the song about? Uh, it's about, uh, you know, just uh, bigging up my Haitians. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. It's just really just a big up, you know, it's, it has, it doesn't really have a meaning. It's just feel good song, you know? That's what's up, man. Ladies and gentlemen, man, this is what I'm talking about. Toronto is just a melting pot of culture in all aspects, including and especially music. And my man, Jungle King is proof of that. So when we get back, we have trip talk. Keep it locked. This is cool radio. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You are now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. I still got my man, Jungle King, in the building to say what's up to the people. How you guys doing? There we go. There we go, man. And that was his latest joint. And I'm going to attempt to repeat the name of it. Uh, New Pop, Paul, and Holtz. Is that, is that how you pronounce it? I totally butchered it. did that. Okay, there we go. I'm gonna never say it again <laughs> until I practice it. Until I practice it. But no, are, that's. Are you you're Ghanaian? Ghanaian? I am. I am. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. 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 We were. We were. We were calling that for the British, not the French. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Trust me. If, if we were, then I would have been able to say that like yeah, right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, so we have a segment called Trip Talk. Mm -hmm. So that's three topics for three minutes. Uh, these topics kind of we kind of extend further beyond that, depending on how heated it gets, but. Nonetheless, we will discuss and then we will let the fans at home deliberate amongst themselves as well. So let's get right into it, shall we? So first topic that we have right here 
is a L.A. rapper by the name of Vince Staples. Now, he was being interviewed by uh, GQ magazine, and uh, he was being he was given like a list of celebrities to discuss. Basically, the ones who have been on the cover of GQ or or who have had like a spread in GQ mag. One of the people who came up on that countdown, so to speak, was uh, Michael Jordan, and he called him a scumbag. Now, I have the direct quote from him, and it goes as followed. Michael Jordan Michael Jordan's such a scumbag. I love him. Michael Jordan and Donald Trump are the same kind of person. Michael Jordan, Donald Trump, they are the epitome of bad people in America becoming successful. Um, King, what is your take on that? <laughs> I mean, um, I don't know why he would put Donald Trump and Michael Jordan in the same category. That's kind of like putting... Uh, uh, I would say like a dog and a roach in the same <laughs> because I absolutely hate Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. All right, but um, I as far as Michael Jordan, I mean, what, why is he? What's his beef with Michael Jordan? Um, I'll say this, man, and I don't think it stems from Michael Jordan as a basketball player. I feel like his comments stem from Michael Jordan as as a businessman. Oh. Now, as many uh, many of us know that Michael Jordan is a capitalist, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, he has a very Republican esque. Uh, side of doing things as far as his business is concerned. He doesn't really invest a lot of his money into uh, charities or organizations that are non-profitable for the most part. And so I feel like most people within the black community in particular feel as if he doesn't give back. And I think that's where his uh, his comments stem from. Also, the fact that a lot of people you know fight over his shoes, some, sometimes get killed over his shoes and what have you, with MJ having little to no response about that. Now, I understand where he's coming from, but I don't necessarily agree with those with those comments, mainly because of the fact that, you know, if MJ himself decides that he wants to be a capitalist, then who are we to say, no, you can't be a capitalist? Like, that's your choice. If you want to fall on that side of the spectrum, so be it. Also, we can't put the responsibility of people committing violent acts over his shoes. You know, that could happen to any brand. I mean... Would we be talking about that if, you know, um, Yves Saint Laurent had people being stabbed up for, for their clothing or if the same thing happened to Louis Vuitton or Gucci or Steve Madden, anything of the sort? I feel like because it's Jordan, a black man, people kind of want to poke at that factor a little bit. And, uh, and you said exactly what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like uh, Michael Jordan as a businessman, mm-hmm. you know, that's what he is. He's a businessman. Mm-hmm. So if, if uh, you know, if, uh, if, if, if Polo is not going to... To, to put their price down, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, uh, because you know, to appeal to a certain demo- demographic, yeah, the, yeah, the uh, demographic, demographic, yeah, yeah, right. So then, why why should he do it? You know, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, I mean, I, I didn't really follow too much into uh, Michael Jordan and that mm-hmm. Jordan issue, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, you know, if if you understand you uh, as a as a black as a black man, mm-hmm. like I, as a somebody that a lot of black kids look up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should probably speak on that at, at least, mm-hmm. you know, even if he's not going to put the the price down. Mm-hmm. But at least, at least address it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he addressed it or not. I'm not. I wasn't really following. Yeah. But that's that's what I would think. Uh, but I I do agree with him um, for the stance that he's taking, where he's just like, this is my shoe, this is my brand, exactly. This is my life, kid. This is what it's worth. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put the price down because that's 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 me. Exactly. That's what I'm worth, you know. And and I agree with that because. You know, because, yeah, because I agree with that. Because it's like, you know, that's that's him. That's his yeah. stuff. And uh, that's that's what he's worth. Mm-hmm. So, 
And there's something wrong with having a high-end sneaker as well. Like, he's exactly. not the only person to do it. He wasn't the first person to do it. Definitely. Um, you know, Kobe had high-end sneakers, KD, uh, LeBron James, and what have you, right? So, again, like, at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with having a high-end sneaker. And what happens to people, you know, who attain those sneakers or any, you know, portion of the Jordan brand, not his it's, not his fault. it's not his fault. It's not his fault. We got to, that, that gets chalked into the socio, socioeconomic yep. uh, disposition. So that should be discussed further elsewhere. MJ shouldn't take the brunt of that. No. Um, but yeah, with that being said, let's keep it moving, man. So the next topic. Uh, so Ronda Rousey, as we all know, she got lo- uh, knocked out by uh, Holly Holmes uh, over the weekend. And it was the first loss in her UFC career. And it was a big loss to say the least. Now, Following the loss, there was huge backlash. You know, a lot of people were getting at her. The internet, of course. Internet, internet's going to do what the internet, internet does. Never fails, it, it never fails. But what I found a bit jarring were, you know, certain people who were making comments about Ronda Rousey's loss. Uh, a lot of people within the black community in particular, and a lot of people who would look to point the finger at her for being cocky and what have you. But then I kind of, I felt it to be a bit hypocritical when you had someone like Floyd Mayweather, who was as cocky and as brash and arrogant as he is. But I feel as though the black community, I would say within the upper echelon of the black community, so to speak, like your celebrities and what have you, they they don't say a word about Floyd being very flamboyant about the way he flaunts his wealth or the way he promotes a fight or whatever the case may be. Uh, so, King, I know you're a huge fan of, of Mayweather, but nonetheless, I'm curious to hear your take on this. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the difference with uh, Ronda Rousey and Floyd, right? Floyd is, uh, Floyd, Floyd is kind of like uh, a Muhammad Ali um, in the sense where... Um, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my cool. Where, where, where he'll talk and he'll back it up, but he doesn't. He doesn't cross the line, man. He doesn't get disrespectful. You know, he still has respect. You know, um, I, I gotta disagree I have, with that, but I'm gonna have, let you talk though. I have, I've never seen Floyd get disrespectful the way uh, I've seen Ronda get disrespectful. Whereas, you know, she's going on Instagram and saying hey, that that b word, b word, this, that, that, that. That's too much, man. Like, Floyd is the type of dude, man, you see him before a fight, he's calm, he's training, you know. And, and if you ask him, and if you ask him, you know, uh, what do you think about the fight? He's going to say, yo, this guy's nothing. This guy's baby food. Like, I'm going to eat him up, you know. But he's not going to go out of his way and be like, yo, F you, F that. He's not going to not touch gloves before he fights. He's not going to have all that fake, you know, oh, I'm like, I'm like, it's just too much, you know. Like, Floyd is like, I'm going to tell you something like Floyd as as a, as a person, you know, there's a lot of things that he does that me, even me as a fan, I'm like, yo, bro, like, you know, why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? It's not necessary. But at the same time, that's a grown man, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just a fan of his boxing, you know, I don't know him in person, personally, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't think I'd have a problem with him if I met him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I don't think I'd have a problem with him. I think I'd get along with him, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, certain things he does, I can understand why people have a problem with it, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, as far as uh, uh, him comp- uh, compared to Ronda, that's not a comparison because Floyd backs his stuff up, man. Floyd backs it up, man. He, ba- he backs his shit up. He, he doesn't go in there and look like a fool. You know, he's, he's doing what he's, he does, you know, and, and, and if, if I have something to say, if I can add this, right, a lot of people with the running thing, Right. They want to say that Floyd is running from his opponent. You know, I've boxed on and off since I was 16, you know, and there's a difference with running and actually avoiding punches and dodging. Because when you look at Floyd, when he's dodging 
punches, he knows exactly where his opponent is at all times. You know, whereas if he was running away, he would he would know where the opponent is. Everything is Okay, so I'm gonna break it down like this. I'm gonna break it down in two halves, basically. Yeah. So as far as the persona of of uh, Floyd Mayweather the ghost, there has been plenty of times where he has been disrespectful, both in a verbal context, uh, context and a physical context. Verbal in the sense that yes, you're gonna do your trash talking, but sometimes he'll go below the belt as well just to promote the fight, basically. But that doesn't mean that you have to go to that extent to promote a fight. The just the strength of the fighters in question alone should be enough to promote the fight. The fact that you have to bring in someone's family member or do something that may be culturally offensive towards the other person isn't called for. Like I've seen what he did to Oscar De La Hoya to antagonize him for their fight, trying to do the the cha 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 whatever. You know that could be insulting to someone's heritage at that standpoint. There was another fighter I can't remember the name of him, but I remember they were doing a weigh in and Floyd was talking, you know, all this nonsense to him. And he was actually clutching him by the throat as he was doing this. So again, that doesn't need to be happening during a weigh-in uh now as far as his fighting is concerned he is a very defensive fighter i do agree to that he's very calculated he's very methodical in his approach um he's not a knockout artist nor should he be because you're in the middleweight division and you're not really called upon to be a knockout artist it's more they more count the count the number of punches that you that you hit and the ones that, that you throw in general uh, but nonetheless i feel like people's main gripe with floyd mayweather is the fact that his competition is either past their prime or before their prime. He hasn't really had anyone to really give him that memorable fight that could put him up in the upper echelon. Yes, he's 49-0, but 49-0 does not tell the whole story. He only tells the story on paper. If you really go and di dive deep into the analytics of all those fights in question, then you'll know that he's fighting people who are past his prime. Oscar De La Hoya was well past his prime when he fought him at first. Uh, Ricky Hatton was maybe two fights away from retirement shortly thereafter. He fought Canelo, who was only 22 years old at the time. He fought Shane Mosley, again, who was at retirement. But ironically enough, Shane Mosley actually kind of rocked him and almost gave him a run for his money because of a minor misstep. And Manny Pacquiao, I mean, Manny Pacquiao was maybe three years removed from that devastating knockout that he had. So had their fight commenced in 2010, I felt like that would have been the fight of the century. That would have, would have been the fight that would have been the winner take all, so to speak. So I feel for Floyd to talk all this, you know, garbage and nonsense or whatever. It's like, yes, you've accomplished a 49-0 record, but you as a champion, you have to carry yourself as a champion. He carries himself as a bragger. He carries himself as a type of, you know what he is? It's like watching WWE. You see that cocky champion get away with, with victories uh, through, you know, means of cheating or whatever the case. Not to say that he cheats or whatever, but it's so underhanded and you want to see him get his comeuppance. You know what I mean? And I feel that's the same way with Floyd Mayweather. And... You know, people will say that his money Mayweather thing is a gimmick, whatever. I honestly personally feel that that is an extension of who he really is. So whenever you're seeing him on Instagram making it rain, throwing his money away, it's like, dude, you could save that money and get yourself a tutor to help you read at age 38 because we know you can't. So I feel like as much talking as he does, there's as many reasons as why he shouldn't be talking. And I feel like the people, you know, especially with the black celebrities in the upper echelon who kind of, you know, almost pander to him. They really need to take a step back, you know, and they need to remember that there have been better fighters before him. 
And there could be better fighters after him. You know, in my opinion, Muhammad Ali is still the greatest fighter of all time. Like, bar none. Like, it's not even close. In and outside of the ring, what he meant for the sport of boxing, he, in my opinion, is still the benchmark. And I'll even take it a step further. I, st- I feel uh, Mike Tyson is better than Floyd Mayweather. Not because he had so many knockouts, but just because of the intimidation factor alone that he brought. So Floyd is definitely within that top 10 for sure. But... He needs to humble himself just as much as Ronda Rousey needs to humble herself as well, in my opinion. Uh, and on that note, we can go on for days about this. I know we can. I know I mean, we can. I have, I have a response. I, I know you do. I know you do. But we got to keep it moving, though. We got to keep it moving. All right. Or else we'll be here, like, all night, man. Yeah, we don't get paid def- long enough for that. We definitely will. We definitely will. No, all right. So final topic that I want to get to is Billboard. Now, they put up their top ten list of uh, – best rappers of all time and for those of you at home who have yet to come across this list it goes as follows number 10 Lil Wayne number 9 Kendrick Lamar number 8 Ghostface Killer number 7 Lauren Hill number 6 Andre 3000 number 5 Nas number 4 Rock Kim number 3 Eminem number 2 Jay-Z and number 1 Notorious B.I.G. Um, I'll go into my comments in a moment but King I want to know what you think about this list yeah man I think that's a disgrace Mm-hmm. Definitely a disgrace. I mean, Pac, Tupac, man. You can't, you can't not have Tupac. Like mm-hmm. you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just there's no there's no other words to put but a disgrace. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because uh, when you look at Tupac, uh, that's like uh, um, the the poet of the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's really that's really Tupac is really who who. The one rapper who really took gangster rap mm-hmm. to conscious rap, you know, he kind of he, he connected the two together. You know, with Brenda's got a baby, dear mm-hmm. mama. You mm-hmm. know, he really he really made that connection where you had a, a gangster rapper, right? That was supposed to be like a gangster rapper that's with the gangsters, that's smoking, that drinking, mm-hmm. talking about shooting and all that. But then, but then you have the political stuff that he's saying. Mm-hmm. You have the, the deep stuff, the deep messages that he has in his songs, you know, changes, mm-hmm. you know. Kill a nigga, pull a trigger, he's a hero. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you have, like you, you know, you, 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 it's not just like he, he really, I feel like, I feel like he really brought substance to rap, you know, where no matter what you were, white, black, Asian, you know, Indian, mm-hmm. you, you hear Tupac. You're like, yo, this is some real stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I can relate to this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is not just I'm out. I'm outside the block waiting for niggas to come out mm-hmm. and hear the Glock. You know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. is like, yo, you know, like, you know, dear mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you are appreciate. You know what I mean? This is some real stuff yeah. man, that everybody can relate to, and that's why I think this is just disgraceful that they didn't have him on that list. Man. Yeah, and I'll say this. I'll get into my diatribe about Tupac as well in a moment, but I just want to break down the bottom five because I feel like this is where the biggest discrepancy lies within the bottom five. Number 10, they had Lil Wayne, and one of their reasons why is because he creates a huge body of work between 04 to 09 in between albums and mixtapes. Now, while I do agree with that, it doesn't mean that all they had, you know, a rich amount of quality to it. No, I felt like some of the songs that he did were very derivative. They had the same kind of topic over and over again. And while the work ethic was there, it doesn't mean that the product spoke for itself because Lil Wayne has never had a classic album before. That's that's a fact. The Carter Three is probably his best album. It's probably his most creative, but it's not a classic though. So I can't put Lil Wayne on that list. Maybe like a top twenty list, possibly top thirty for sure, but top ten no. Kendrick Lamar, 
as much as I love Kendrick Lamar, he's my favorite artist out of this current generation of rappers. It's too soon for him. Despite the fact that he has debatable classics between Section 80, Good Kid, Mad City, and To Pimp a Butterfly, it's still very... I do, I do think it's too soon. It's very... It's too, that, yeah. too, too soon. Too soon. If we're talking maybe like 10, 20 years down the line, we could have this discussion, but not now, though. Let's enjoy him while he's in this prime. That's true. Um, Ghostface Killer. Now... I almost don't have an issue with this selection. Maybe if it was at number 10 itself, Mm -hmm. then I'd be like, okay with it. But right now, I do have an issue with it because he's a member of a group. But then I don't have an issue with it because he's put out like seven albums. And that's more than what half the artists in the industry have done within their tenure as an MC. Mm -hmm. So, And he's also been lauded as a general favorite amongst uh, fans as far as who the best member of the Wu-Tang Clan is. He's the most consistent as well. Mm -hmm. So... I almost don't have a problem with it. Maybe if he was shifted a couple seats further down, then I'd be like okay with it. Lauren Hill, one album isn't enough. Especially if that one album had majority R&B on it. And there's a reason why the Grammys, as much as they're not a benchmark for rap, did not put her album in the category of best rap album because it wasn't even close to 50% rap. It was mostly R&B. A few rapping segments and uh, spoken word uh, intros and outros here and there, but for the most part, it was R&B. And she was a talented lyricist, but again, one album isn't enough for me to put her on that list. And Andre 3000, similar thing with Ghostface. He was in a group for the majority of his career. And at least with Ghostface, he put out multiple solo albums, but Andre hasn't even put out one. I mean, technically, you could say The Love Below was a solo album, but it was released as a double album as Outkast alongside Big Boy's side of the project. Mm -hmm. So, again, I can't. We can't just give him that nod off the strength of his feature versus that he's done over the last few years or so. Now, the top five, I don't necessarily have a major problem with other than Tupac, of course. Eminem, I replaced him with Tupac. And then Biggie, I would take... (laughs) I'm not even trying to diss. I I wouldn't replace Eminem. I'm not even trying to okay, but Eminem, like Eminem, honestly, Eminem is like I would say Eminem is is, is one of the most talented. Rappers. He is, he is. I agree. I would put him in my top ten, but not the top five though. Maybe bottom I would five. Put him on my top five, and that's okay. 100%. I I understand. But if we're talking, if we're talking about bringing Pac back into this list though, someone's got to go. It's not gonna be Biggie. It's not gonna be Jigga. It's not gonna be the the fourth. Uh, what was it? The well, the 16th letter, uh, Rakim, and it's definitely not going to be my boy Nas. Definitely not. Nah, so, it can't be Nas for sure. Yeah, but so... I, I would it, say, you know, I would say I, I would put... I would I would take Rakim out. I can't do that. You know why You know why I can't do that? If it weren't for uh, Rakim, the other four members of that top five would not exist. There would be no Nas. There would be no Eminem. There would be no Jay-Z. So there would be what, no Vicky. You know what? Then we're going to have to make it a top six. Fair enough. Fair enough. I put Eminem at number six then. That's, that's what I would do. Right. I was going to do that anyway. Right. And as far as Pac not being on the list, that's a disrespect. Like that's he's, a disrespect. he's easily top five. Say what you want. I've heard a lot of people say he was a hypocrite. He wasn't that good of a lyricist in comparison to other rappers. Mm. Be that as it may, he wasn't, the sh- uh, he wasn't as strong in the wordplay aspect, but it was his delivery. Mm. It was his diction. And it was the influence and the impact of his music that he had over time. And it was the work ethic that he put into his music that kind of had people, you know, almost losing their minds in the the fact that he was still able still able to release uh, albums after his death, that's more so his label, of course. But nonetheless, the fact that he had that much content to put out in cohesive projects says a lot about the artist himself. And it's to the point where there are now schools across America that have programs, you know, enlisted to discuss Pac's artwork, basically. So to have to have that much influence but for him not what, to be included in the top five, I think it's disrespectful. You know what? I agree with you. 
if Pac was in that list, which he should be, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know if he would be number one or not, right? But uh, that would definitely put Eminem at number seven. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I don't know who I would place on number one, to be honest, because I'm trying to separate the fan from, from the objective person in me. So it's a very, um, it's a very hard one to, to decide. I would, you know what? Um, man, I would put Pac in uh, number one. I would put Tupac. You would? Fair enough. Fair enough. If this was 10 years ago, I'd say that in a heartbeat. But me having a broader mind in hip-hop nowadays and being a bit more analytical, having like a higher IQ for it, it's very hard for me to decide. I would put Tupac number one. I would put um, Biggie number two. And I would put Nas number three. Mm -hmm. And and then I would uh, follow it up with the rest, whatever, who else. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I think Nas is like also one of my favorites too. And Jay-Z too. Jay-Z, I would probably put him after Nas. But uh yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. You can't you can't mess with the 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 the, the foundation. You can't the foundation, you, can't. you know, of, of the whole art, man, you know? You definitely can't. Um what do you think about our list, ladies and gentlemen, or this list rather, uh, hit me up on DM, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let us know what you think. All right. Now we are going to skip the uh, throwback Thursday track of the day and we're going to jump right into uh, your favorite segment that you guys all know and love and can't wait to hear. Um, so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned? The Captain of Coonery. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the coveted, the favorited, the oh-so-talked-about segment that you know and love so well, Wankster of the Week. So let's drop that real quick. So this week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than irrelevant rapper Benzino. All right? Now, this is a name that, unless you've been watching Love and Hip Hop, that you have not heard within the last 10 years. And rightfully so, his music sucks, let's be honest. Now, the reason why we're giving him the wankster this week is because of the fact that him and his wife Althea had uh, a baby boy, all right? Now, that's not the main reason, right? I'm getting into the further context of it. Uh, Nonetheless, congratulations on the son, you know, rightfully so. But more so, we are giving him the wankster because him and his wife are trying to find buyers of the first early photos of their son, and they are looking to auction these photos for at least $20,000 a piece, all right? And the unique thing about these photos is that they're photos of different body parts of their son so the feet the hands the fingers and stuff like that and they're trying to make it as if it's like an exclusive now here's my thing on this if there were a-list celebrities i could see people doing this people always want what's hot what's fresh what's new what can be seen as a collectible but we're talking about ben zeno all right ben zeno we're talking about a man who should change his name from ben's to buick because he's that irrelevant okay <laughs> You're talking about a guy whose only hit was Rock the Party and I See Booty. And we only liked it because there are other rappers who were on that record. Other than that, he's known for getting into a beef with Eminem and ruining what was at one time the most prestigious hip-hop magazine of all time in the Source magazine. He got into a feud with Eminem that he lost badly, and he tried to play the whole... Um, you know, cultural appropriation card, even though you sided with a, uh, a white man who co-founded the Source magazine. Now, Benzino, 
you may as well stick to getting your love and hip hop checks because that's how you're feeding your kid nowadays, and that's fine. But don't try and act like you are bigger than what you are by trying to auction off your child's photos for twenty thousand dollars a piece. What you're already exploiting, not exploiting a child, but you're already exploiting him. You are not George Jackson, okay? And we, and maybe if your kid turns out to be a famous celebrity in the future who's extremely talented, then I can see those photos going for 20K a piece. But until then, you are as irrelevant as ever. And because of that, it's going to drag down the stock of those photos if they ever get released. So you are getting this, Wankster. I have nothing further to say. I'm not even going to waste my breath any longer on this. Do you deserve that, Wankster? Of course you do. And with that being said, I'm going to drop on you one more time, just like this. Hit it, 50. Junk, what's your take on that, man? Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't have no comment. <laughs> I mean, this is the same guy we're talking about who who beefed with Eminem to, to try and get his sales up because he was white. And now he's on love and hip-hop or lies and hip-hop, as I like to call it sometimes. And he's still he's still trying to maintain some sort of relevancy. I, I can't deal. I can't deal. Let's let's move on to the topic. Uh, before we go, um, how can the people get a hold of you on Twitter or sorry on uh, social media in general? Yeah, um, I have uh, um, my Instagram, uh, Jungle King Artist. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter, Jungle King Artist without the T at the end. Jungle King, so Jungle King Artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Facebook jungle King, mm-hmm. you know, the music for me is just, it's just a hobby really, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's not really, it's not that I don't take it seriously cause mm-hmm. I'm 27. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything that I do, I do it seriously, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's, this is really something that I do because I feel like I can. Yeah. So I do it. Yeah. You know? But it's, it's, it's like, I have a lot of stuff that I do on the side too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, other stuff that I do. Music is actually just. What I do for fun. Yeah, it's your artistic expression, that's basically. Right, that's right. Yeah. All right, fair enough. And I can respect that. I can definitely respect that, man. Um, Jungle, thank you for coming through. Thank you for having me. You're man. welcome to come through anytime. Uh, we'll definitely do it up again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you already know where to hit me up. Uh, DM underscore cool and cool underscore radio on Twitter. And also follow, follow cool radio on all our social media plugs. So uh, SoundCloud at cool underscore radio. YouTube cool underscore radio. And like us on Facebook at cool radio. Uh, we will be moving to iTunes soon as far as the podcast goes. So stay tuned for that. And um, that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. So once again, uh, cool radio is a division of cool click media and entertainment. Reminding you each and every day that we are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.